Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. Uh, today, it's a great pleasure to interview Andrew Lockwood, who's co-founder and managing director of Top Media Global and a number of other um, ventures as well. So welcome, Andrew. Great. Thanks, Johnson. Thank you for uh, having me on your uh, on your show. Thank you for taking part. Yeah, pleasure. Okay, so look, why don't you give me a quick runner? Um, what does Top Media Global do? What do you do? How long have you been doing it? Yeah, for sure. So look, I, I wear a, a couple of different hats, as you kind of alluded to. So look, Top Media Global is, uh, is an ad operations uh, business. Let's say ad operations, we do back-end ad trafficking for you know publishers and advertising agencies. So it's a boutique kind of business. It's an outsourced model. So I, I've got a team of people in China who, uh, who do that particular work. Um, and, you know, I kind of liaise with clients here. So, you know, I set the business up about 12 or 13 years ago as an, as, as an adjunct to another business I had at the time, which was uh, an online ad sales network called uh, PostClick, um, which was uh, you know, selling advertising space across a range of different websites. So I ran that for about 10 years and I sold that in 2012 to uh, an Indian company that was looking to enter the Australian market. Um, and so, you know, since that time, I've put a bit of focus into, into growing top media. Um, but, you know, I've also invested in different startup businesses, you know, in that interim period. And for the last sort of um, 18 months, so I've been doing some outlock work with uh, um, an ad, with a, a data platform called Data True. And uh, I've also been focused on selling businesses. So, you know, as much as I had a, a business advisor sell my mostly business, um, you know, 10 years ago, I'm now on the, uh, in the middle of that fence, you might say. And, and helping other business owners to actually sell their business. So, so for the last 13 months, it's probably probably been my main kind of focus that I've been uh, working on. And uh, I guess, you know, that certainly enabled me to meet a whole range of different business owners uh, across the board. So, you know, from a learning point of view, it's been, it's been excellent. Um, yes. So in a nutshell, that's, that's me for the moment. Fabulous. So, um, pick your business, any business. Um, uh, how would you describe your call your best customer for your for your business? Well, I think um, look, I think in the business broking side, um, you know, the best customers would be, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously two sides of the equation. You know, the vendors and obviously the purchasers. So certainly vendors who are who are motivated to sell, but also who, when they come to you as a as a business owner saying, "Hey, could you help me sell my business?" Um, you know, they actually have all their ducks in a row. They've got their financials prepared. They've got an idea as to what they want to do. Um, you know, once they sell the business, they've they've got all the kind of nuts and bolts ready, so that when a purchaser comes along, they can go, okay, here here is the business here. So I guess you know what I've seen in the last 18 months is that there's been a bunch of people who go, yeah, I want to sell. You know, maybe they're reaching retirement age or whatever. They haven't necessarily done a lot of exit planning. Um, you know, to get their business ready for sale. So that's been one kind of interesting learning is that if a lot of people may have had their businesses for a long period of time. They haven't necessarily put a lot, a lot of planning into actually um, saying when I do sell, you know, they've actually done the preparation for it. So, 
So that's been an interesting learning that a lot of business owners, I think, need to focus on if, if they do have a plan to sell the business. And, you know, one of the other things I've learned is that, um, you know, it often takes, you know, six or, 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 you know, six months or longer to actually sell a business. And, you know, whether that's a, um, you know, a small cafe or whether it's a larger business um, with more complicated deal structures and whatever, it does, it does take time to find the right buyers for a business and to go through the, the various legalities and loopholes and answer the questions and reagent vendors, et cetera. So yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting process. Not knowing that you're going to talk about that. I, um, I'm, yeah, a lot of what I do is, um, a bit of full leadership, I suppose, helping, um, leaders, um, um, so I'm sitting here writing a blog, uh, as we speak, um, and how to sell your business, uh, how to sell your business. Cause it, and the stand I've got in right in front of me right now is the Australian, the Australian Bureau of Statistics estimate that more than a hundred thousand baby boomers in Australia. We'll be looking to sell the businesses between 2023 and 2026. Mm. Yes, the numbers are extraordinary, and it's fascinating because you know, quite often, um, yeah, my my core customer, my best customer is a um, is the founder CEO of a um, we'll call it an SME, you know, privately held private business, ten to hundred staff. You know, that's where they start with me, and yep. uh, most of the, you know, essentially what I'm looking to do with, with my clients is to build up. Yeah, a profitable self-managing enterprise that so can operate without the founder. Which are the key criteria that you need for a business to be ready to sell? Yeah, that's that's correct. That's often one of the key questions that we get asked as brokers is like, is the business run under management or can it be run under management? Yeah. And if the answer is no, if the other's heavily involved, it becomes less attractive because, you know, a lot of a lot of purchases are looking at this as an investment opportunity, they're not necessarily looking to to work in the business. That's and, right. Yeah. So succession planning making sure you got the right management team in place, all of that, you know, I'm surprised you can do it in six months. Um, but um, yeah. that is critical to having a, having something that's saleable. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think, I think six months, um, you know, certainly my experience has been the, has been the minimum. I think obviously you do get situations where people are happy to flip businesses because, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they're not in good health or they've just had enough and they want to, they want to move it on. But, uh, but yeah, I, I would say at least six months and, and obviously longer depending on the size um, of, of the business because there's fewer buyers around. So yeah, most definitely. I think there's only around a 35% sell through across the industry in terms of businesses, um, that list in terms of, um, end up, end up selling. So there's certainly a lot of vendors who don't get to realize perhaps, you know, the fruits of their labor. Um, so that's an interesting takeaway that I've, I've learned in my time. Doing it for sure. Yeah, that's no, interesting. So, mm. um, I mean, you're probably well. I'm not going preempted. So, the, the next question is: all the actions you've taken because of the pandemic, what have stuck with um, or remain part of your business or businesses going forward? Oh, look, I think you know, I think Zoom and uh, and having video calls has been been the obvious kind of uh, takeaway. It's just kind of sped up a lot of communications. Uh, you know, it, it's it's. Um, uh, you know, it's interesting. I guess a lot of the calls we have now will be, you know, Zoom or Teams calls, whereas previously we'd either meet people face to face or, you know, it would be on the phone. So, you know, this is like a middle, a middle kind of ground on that you to have some connection with uh, with people. And because obviously, when you know, if you're communicating, um, there's there's so much of communication which is non-verbal communication. So, being able to read someone and, uh, you know, 
because their body language whilst they're talking to you is, is a very helpful, uh, very helpful thing. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it just seems to have sped up the whole process. I find I just have less time to run around and meet people in any case. Whereas in my previous business, I was always going off to, you know, to meet with people, you know, have coffees, do lunches, et cetera, because it was very much a relationship driven business that I had, which was the ad sales business. Um, you know, broking's a lot more transactional. So, you know, there tend to be sort of quicker interactions. Um, you know, there's less relationship building really. It's, you know, are you interested? Are you not interested? Why aren't you interested? You know, what's your price, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot more transactional. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I have a number of clients now who I've never met, which in, in the past would never have been the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and clients both in Australia and overseas. Um, uh, and you know, one of the, I don't know if you heard that, um, uh, one of the interesting parts of, of my life now is, you know, I, I, I'm interested, I live in Barrow, live in Barrow, south, just southwest of mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I can do all my coaching here um, on Zoom, you know, if I choose. But, you know, one of the great benefits for me is, you know, we end up buying the house next door um, to where we live, and that's Mount my office. And, yeah, the, the, what I just said was my children coming home from school into the office. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, um, I won't call it work life balance, but it's got, you know, lots of upside for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. And look, you know, I mostly, I mostly work from home, I'm office at home, but, uh, but you know, I, I tend to find if I'm working for one place for a period of time too long, I get a bit stale. So as much as I like, you know, living near the water where I do, um, you know, it is it is good to get into the city to meet other people and to also surround yourself with other people. I think just just being in that environment um, helps helps keep you motivated as well. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, so tell me, what what does the future look like, and and what do you see as the main challenges moving forward? Ah, uh, look, I think um, you, you know, I guess this uh, yeah, the challenges. I think certainly in this environment would be you know macro. There's obviously a lot of uncertainty around interest rates. Um, you know, the war uh, in, in Ukraine, et cetera. So, you know, so I think in terms of people perhaps trying to get finance to buy businesses, um, you know, banks are perhaps knocking some some people back. They're having to look at alternative sources of, uh, of financing. So, you know, it's just been a bit more challenging, I guess, to, to, to kind of get deals together um, uh, because, of, because of interest rate uh, rises. And bank hesitancy in this environment, so I think that's one challenge we've got to try to overcome. Um, but certainly, you know, the, the you know from a broking point of view, there's ways around that. If you've got vendors who prepared to, you know, do some vendor finan- financing of a particular deal, there's also alternative uh, fintech lenders um, that that will come to the party where you know in terms of financing, whereas a bank may not. So that certainly helps. Um, but I think, um, yeah, it's, it's probably more just the the uncertainty, I think, uh, around the future, but but also I think you know as an industry, broking has to sort of move that sort of thirty five percent sell through rate up much higher. Uh, a lot of that comes down to making sure that the businesses we actually list are actually you know saleable and and at the right price. Because uh, certainly you know whilst whilst we may have an opinion of value, and certainly whilst the vendor may have an opinion as to what their business is worth, um, you know there's often a disconnect between what someone's willing to pay. And so, you know, whilst that may, whilst that may kind of play out over a period of time um, in the vendor's favour, often the vendors are looking to sell in a relatively short space of time. They don't want to wait around for twelve months or two years to sell their business. Then they often have to accept a lower price. So, 
Yeah. And you know, we definitely see sort of where, I, where I'm coming from, um, my clients who have chosen to sell. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Session plan, the leadership team in place, you know, processes, procedures, documented, and, and um, yeah. all of that um, is adding multiple times um, uh, earnings, uh, multiple times profit. Yeah. Above those a date when it comes to selling. Yeah, that's totally right. Yeah, that's true. And so, look, that's that's certainly something we try and um, educate uh, vendors to do. But um, you know, like I say, some of them are, are more attuned to that idea than than others. So, you know, there's only so much you can do with what you've. Oh, look, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I totally mm-hmm. agree. It, it is it's fascinating as as someone who's you know, probably in the preceding part of your of your industry for helping uh, founders prepare their business because yeah. In my view, um, yeah, my clients should be preparing to sell at any time. Um, just you know, that's it's what a, what a decision they can make, whether it be you know um, internally to um, to the family or externally. Um, at some stage, that decision is made, so we might as well get ready for it now. Yeah, for sure, that's that's quite so. And I think I think one thing that I think business owners also have to be cognizant of is the fact that you know if they are looking to sell, um, you know it's it's something they really have to keep under wraps. I would think as much as possible in terms of their own staff, because I think once employees get an indication or an inkling that a business owner is looking to sell, then that obviously means there's change. It means that their jobs perhaps are not as secure. Um, you know, there's there's disruption to their routine. So I think, you know, I, I just have one case recently where a sale kind of fell through because one of the key employees got got wind of the fact that Vendor wanted to sell the business, and you know, he decided he didn't like that idea, and so he kind of turned around and resigned. So you know, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a challenge because you've got purchasers who want to actually make sure that key employees will stay their business, but then, you know, equally too, you've got vendors who don't want to kind of open the door too much to let the, the purchaser come in prior to signing the contract for sale. So, yeah, that's, yeah. it's a big one. I, I think that's um, yeah, it's a very, it's a really interesting point. It's one of those things that um, you know, getting the culture and values of the of the business right and the amount of information you share is is a critical piece and, and it's that you know, hiring the leadership team around you that fit with that, you know. Mm. Um uh and see yeah potential in it too for that matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've had one client last year where instead of selling the the uh, the leadership team um did a manager buyout as an example. You wanna yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, that's a good thing because they obviously know the business uh, intimately, and you know they that's know where the right. skeletons are, or not, as the case may be. So, they will exactly right. Thank you, Rob. So, tell me, what does the future look? Uh, sorry, Rob, I asked you that. Um, what do you? Sorry, the biggest learning since you've been a business owner. Well, um, you know, obviously as a broker, I kind of you know run my own business. I, I you know subcontract to a company called Link Business Brokers. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we kind of essentially run our own businesses, and and uh, we you know do all the back end of the marketing and just different leads, etc. Um, but look, you know, I've obviously run my own business before. Um, you know, managed a team of twenty-five people. You know, you're in charge of your own destiny, so you, you know, you control your day. And so sometimes you really feel like working a hundred percent, and sometimes you don't feel like working at all. Um, so that's one one thing I guess you need to be cognizant of is that you've got to have the energy to keep uh, to keep going when times are not so good. And I think the way that you kind of do that is to uh, ensure that you look after your mental health, your physical health. So, you know, exercising, um, you know, being out in nature, you know, whatever it is that, that helps you to relax and to de-stress. I think it's really, really important to do that because otherwise you're not going to function at your, your best if you're, you know, 
stressed and, and, and working, you know, 12, 15 hour days, you're not going to be, um, you're not going to be your best self. So yeah. that's certainly one thing I've learned. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And yeah, and that additional one, which you sort of alluded to is, is getting our sleep. Correct. Correct. Quite so. Yeah. Most, most definitely. So, um, yeah, look, I think, you know, one of the podcasts that I was just uh, listening to the other day was, uh, you know, a guy called Mark Burris, who, um, you know, yep. the ex-wizard guy. And I saw him speak at a conference uh, a few weeks ago called Humankind, and he was one of the kind of key speakers there. And, you know, as someone who, who I would see as being a successful individual, you know, he certainly got it made in terms of, you know, money, but also I think he's now got a more balanced view of life. And, uh, you know, he's 67, he's pretty fit, he's tanned, he's healthy, he wants to live to 100. Um, so he's kind of hacking himself, if you like, to, to ensure that he can do that. And, uh, and certainly sleep and, and exercise were, were two of the keys. And, and eating well and healthily were, were three of the things that he mentioned as being key to uh, uh, yeah, ensuring, you know, longevity. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, there is a, I've just been with me, there's a call yeah, I'm not sure, nowhere near as fit as I should be, but I've got, um, I've got an eight and nine year old who sort of keep me on my toes a bit. Um, yes, I can imagine. Uh, but there's a book called Line Force by um, David Sinclair. Right. Um, which is well worth reading on the subject. He's an Australian um, professor with labs at Harvard and University of New South Wales. Right. Probably uh -huh. the, um, the leading expert on, um, on aging or anti aging. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, so is it light, light force or life force? Life, L-A-F-E force. Oh, life. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, some of the, the things he brings out, which are, you know, a little bit out there, um, you know, the basics, exercise, eating well, sleeping well, you know, that stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. For me, one of the things is you know, having having communication um, and mates. Um, but yeah. there, some of the things he brings out, it's all worth a read. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. So, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Big believer in that. So when you, th you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Well, I think, you know, just uh, probably uh, Mark Burris is, is one guy, but because, you know, he's sort of top of mind. So, you know, I would definitely say um, I, I would see him. I mean, success is not just, uh, you know, financial success, because you could say that, uh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is, is uh, financially successful. And there's many, many other examples closer to home here in Australia from that point of view. But I think, I think being successful is not just being successful financially and in business, but also in, in other areas of your life. Um, you know, family relationships, um, uh, yeah, being a, being a true human essentially. So I think the, the definition of success seems to have broadened a lot. I think over the last 10 years, I think people tended to look at it very, you know, in a very narrow sense. And I think it's becoming, um, increasingly more common that people are now looking at a broader range of parameters to, to define what is successful. So, yeah, you, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, it, the CEOs, founders that I've, I've interviewed, I think you're number 70 um, in this series. Mm. Um, there's quite a, um, a generational um, a divide on the idea of success, you know, older versus younger. Sure. Yeah. And younger are much more about a rounded life, generally. Mm. Mm. Um, uh, it's, it's worth going through and having listened to some of them. You, you know, you really pick up some, um, uh, some, some good, good points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm definitely on the older side, as you can probably tell, but, uh, you know, I, I've had to embrace a, a more modern uh, perspective on that. So yeah, it's been good. 
Well, I'm 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 sort of up there with you. I'm sixty three next month, so ah, okay. But I yeah, as I said, my eight and nine year old keep me keep me going. Yeah, got it. Well, we're the same age. There you go. Um, so um, well, you mentioned Mike Boris. Um, books, biographies, podcasts. You'd recommend? Um, look, I, I again, I was I was thinking about that. I don't tend to listen to uh, you know as many podcasts as I should, although. Mark Burris was one, uh, you know, straight talk. I've listened to a few different episodes. Um, I thought that was very good. I think I've, I've, I've ducked in and out of some of Tim Ferriss's podcasts from time to time. But I guess, you know, from a reading point of view, um, you know, I read The Economist and I tend to find that there's a, a whole range of different, you know, articles and topics. And, you know, it just helps to broaden your, your view of the world because it's not just about Australia, but or even in the US, it, it becomes, it's a lot more uh, of a pan approach. So, Look, I find that good. Um, so yeah, I tend to sort of read in, in chunks. I don't tend to sit down and read a lot for a long period of time. I, I've got a few different books. I think the last book I finished was um, by a guy called Ben Hubbard who wrote this written the biography on Muhammad bin Salman called MBS, you know, his rise to power. So um, not strictly a business book, but you know, it's a biography of a guy who, you know, is a very interesting and complex character. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting story. I. I used to work for the eldest son of um, the ruler of Abu Dhabi. Um, so oh, right. Okay. Up, and, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a very, very different way of um, uh, being raised, being educated, being trained. Yeah. yeah. Given that Saudi uh, limited uh, oil production significantly yesterday for the next 12 months, it's, um, yeah, to understand the mindset is, is, is very interesting. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, totally. So um, yeah, look, I, I found that a really fascinating book. So it was hard to yeah. it was hard to put that book down because it was so engrossing. So yeah, I definitely recommend that one. Great, thank you. Mm. Last question: Any last piece of advice or parting words uh, to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs out there? Uh, look, I think uh, you know again, just sort of going back to the point around looking after your health. You know, your mental health, your physical health. Thank you, to you mate. Um, I think I think having balance is really important, but I, I do think I do think you really have to, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a founder, and I've 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 invested in different startups, some of which have gone well in terms of you know I've had successful exits because you know the founders have been quite quite driven, but they've also they've also had domain expertise, and I think where you know where they haven't gone so well or where they failed is is really down to the fact that they just haven't had enough of a desire to. To you know, to go hard at it and to execute properly, or um, yeah. So I, that's that's certainly one thing. As as a you know, very small scale angel investor, I found interesting is that as as much as the idea is good, as much as these people have to make expertise, it really comes down to the actual individual who's driving the business as to how successful it's going to be in the longer term. So got to have that drive and passion. So you know, from that point of view, every time I've followed my gut. I've, I've done well and where I've kind of had to listen to my gut necessarily, you know, things haven't worked out so well. So hi everybody. Look, I'm sorry. We've just lost Andrew. Um, internet dropped down. Um, uh, we did get to, you know, the end of his question, which was, um, uh, but I, I think I'd like to wrap something up. I, one of the, um, things I've found following off my address comment there is that, um, I've found in many cases co-founders are a fabulous solution to what Andrew was talking about. So when one's down, one's up, and and also complementing each other, you have different unique abilities. Um, so if you are looking to start, perhaps um, think about a co-founder model as well. 
um, or if not a co-founder model, put the right advisory team around you. Um, and following up what Andrew does, you know, one of the interesting um, things about uh, that he's raised is the concept of starting a business from scratch versus, versus buying a, a running business with a leadership team in place. Um, uh, consider that in addition to starting from scratch. Um, so we'll finish that there. Um, sorry, I can't say um, thank you to Andrew for taking his time personally, but um, uh, I very much appreciate it. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.